At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warm up for Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now, a part of the Beeson Family Podcast and got a tremendous podcast for you guys. So in the second segment, we're going to be going out to the great state of Pennsylvania, more specifically Philadelphia. That's where you find a team that is currently riding a seven-game win streak, and that's where we also find John Jansen does a great job over there with Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler. We're going to be talking about what has led to the Phillies' win streak. Is it sustainable? Where do they rank with regards to the National League East? And then we're going to be taking a look at a few games here for Friday. So we're going to have a great chat there with John. He joins his podcast quite a bit during the season, brings it every single time. He's going to do so once again in the second segment. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. If you got one or two ways, we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUNIT underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review. Biggest thing I've been asked by people recently, and we're going to dive into it right now, is the scoring in Major League Baseball. I've had, for one, people asking if we're going to continue to see as many one-run wins by these favorites as we've seen for not being able to cover the run line. And on top of that, are we starting to see a little bit more of an over-binge? And the reason why I sort of lump these two together is because they're very much correlated because 
The more runs you wind up having scored, the more multiple run wins you are going to be able to find with a lot of these teams. It's just a lot of averages. If you wind up having an average run total of seven in a game versus an average run total of eight, you got to think that you're going to see bigger margins of victory when you wind up getting eight runs per game rather than seven, just doing the math there. But with that said, taking a look at what we're getting in terms of scoring right now, it is going up. And what I think is really interesting is the ball in general, because I do think that there was some tampering with the baseball because Major League Baseball, they always experiment with things during the offseason. I don't think the ball has necessarily been changed from the beginning of the year to now. I just think that the ball in general, with now the humidor being in all 30 ballparks, and on top of that, there being just big-time weather sways in general when it comes to the northeast part of the country and the Midwest as well, because I think that we're seeing higher totals right now in both of those areas. West Coast has been a little bit less affected just from my vantage point of things, because you do wind up having a little bit of heavier air, it seems like, in cities like Seattle, Los Angeles, especially Oakland. I feel like they've been a little bit more resistant to this recent run of runs that we've been seeing over in the Midwest and the Northeast part of the country. And I mean, let's call it what it is. It's getting very hot. I know that this isn't representative of the Northeast part of the country, but I mean, today on my jog, I wound up jogging in lovely Las Vegas in 108 degree temperatures. And when it comes to all these ballparks, I do wind up gauging the temperatures and you take a look at what you're getting right now in, say, the great state of Wisconsin. And they wound up having highs in the mid 70s. It looks like next week they're going to be hitting the 80s. So, I mean, it's really starting to heat up there. Northeast part of the country, places like Philadelphia, places like New York, it's starting to get a little bit warmer. And I think that the weather is actually playing much more of a factor with regards to the ball than it ever really has. Weather has always played a little bit of a factor, whether or not you're going to be able to get a home run, balls that typically wind up flying out in the summer months. Typically, they are going to die at the warning track in April. I just feel like it's been a little bit more demonstrative with everything that's been introduced, and perhaps there's just a way that the ball is built right now that we're seeing it be a little bit more affected by warmer slash colder days in general. That's sort of my crackpot theory on all of this, but that's where I stand on it. And with regards to seeing multiple run wins, the more the scoring goes up, the more we are going to see these favorites being able to cover the run line because as of right now, I'm going to recap it when we wind up getting into it a few minutes so I don't have the exact number in front of me, but as of right now, favorites, they've been unable to cover the run line slash they've had a one-run win in about 130 to 135 of their straight-up wins. So I think that that'll be interesting to take a look at. So hopefully I wound up answering that for you guys. Now let's take a look back at everything that we wound up seeing in baseball on Thursday. Try to find some trends and try to get to know that he seems a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the Rowdy Recap. Now, I'm doing this a little bit earlier than normal, more around 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, because you guys might have caught me on VSIN doing the look at from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Pacific time, and that means that hard for me to be able to record the front end of this podcast at 10.30 p.m. Pacific time when I'm doing another show. But with that said, most of these results as I'm doing this are in the books, including the Philadelphia Phillies, who we're going to be talking a little bit more about with John Jansen in the next segment, being able to win another game, seven in a row for them. And by the way, the Brewers, they've now lost six straight games, eight to three. The Phillies are able to get the job done, and Zach Eflin 
Not Eflin great, not Eflin awful. He gives up one run over the course of four innings, going deep for the Milwaukee Brewers off of him. It was Willie Adams, 10th home run season, then Hunter Renfro, fresh off the injured list. He goes deep off of Connor Brogdon. His 10th home run season for Brogdon, he winds giving up that run in an inning, and then James Norwood gives up a run in an inning as well. But Sir Anthony Dominguez, Jurisic Familia, Nick Nelson, they'll give you a scroll of setting in. For Brad Boxberger, it was not necessarily a great night for him. He winds up giving up Bryce Harper's 15th home run season, Odubo Herrera, and Kyle Schwarber also go deep. Herrera, his 5th home run season, and Schwarber is 15th. Those both come off of Mr. Trevor Kelly, who went two innings, gave up four runs off of turn, including those two home runs, and for Corbin Burns. He has been very interesting this season. Four and a third innings, he winds up giving up three runs, only one of which was earned. He was hurt out there in the field in general, but take a look at it. He now has a 386 home year, a buck 40 to Rodier. Miguel Sanchez was able to give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. Boxberger gives up that home run in his inning, and Hobie Mulner he winds up giving you a scoreless inning, but the Brewers have exceeded four runs just once thus far this month, so that's a little bit of an issue. For the Reds, they wind up hitting four-plus runs at home for the 22nd time in their last 24 home games, but not enough for an over and not enough for a W. 5-4. to four. The years in the Diamondbacks get the job done, despite the fact that they left 11 men on base. Big thing for them, Pavin Smith was able to go yard. Eighth home run season. That winds up coming off of Tyler Molyu. Had a great start. He gives up one run in six innings and then Tony Santian. He wound up having a throwing error as he winds up giving up four runs, two of which were earned and a third of an inning. His fielding error wound up really costing them and we've got to find a way to be able to take these guys for the runs that they so rightfully gave up. Ross Setweiler, a pair of outs out of the bullpen and he wound up having Alexis Diaz give you two scoreless settings but Heartbreak Hotel for the Reds who wound up giving up four runs in the ninth. They were able to recoup get one in the ninth themselves as Zach Davies. Not a great start, not a terrible start. Gives up three runs in six innings. J.B. Wendelkin, Mark Melanson, a scoreless setting, and then Ian Kennedy does wind up allowing a solo home run in the ninth inning. Matt Reynolds goes deep for his third home run season, but Diamondbacks now sitting here at 28-31, and 31. and for the Reds, even though they wind up losing this game, still give them some credit. 17-15 and 15 in their last 32 games. The Tampa Bay Rays, they complete the sweep of the St. Louis Cardinals. 2-1 to one the finals. Cardinals, just nothing doing on offense in this one. 0-6 with Ben in scoring position. Miles Michaelis, he goes 8 innings, which technically was a complete game from. Gives up 3 hits. Problem was, he wanted giving up 2 runs because one of those wanted flying over the fence. G-Man Choi, 5th home run season as Shane McClanahan. Just continues being nails for this team. Despite the fact that he had an error and Mike Zanino behind the plate wound up having catcher interference. Gives up just one run along the way. Two hits given up an unearned run and nine punch outs before Jason Adam able to give you a scoreless setting. So the Rays, they're cooking with some gas. You've got the LA Dodgers who I want to make in the DK Nation pick the under in this one and go figure a Dodgers team that had right around 2-3 ERA on the road. They wind up giving up nine, but they put up 11 themselves. 11-9. They take down the Chicago White Sox as for Dylan Cease, one of the strangest stat lines you're ever going to find. Four and two-thirds innings, he gives up six runs, all of which were unearned. Jake Berger's fielding error just completely lit this game on fire. From there, Matt Foster has to get the team out of the fifth. And then Bennett Sosa comes into the game. He lights the game on fire. Four runs given up in two-thirds of an inning, including a home run. Rinaldo Lopez gives you an out of the bullpen. Kyle Crick, two scoreless innings. And Jose Ruiz gives up a run and an inning as for the LA Dodgers. Max Muncy has been absolutely terrible this year. He wound up having a three-run shot. His fourth of the campaign. He winds up getting five RBI in this one. And for Tyler Anderson, who had a sub-two ERA on the road, gives up four runs in three innings. And... Bullpen from there was a little bit shaky. Danny Hudson gives up two runs in an inning. Alex Vizia, two runs, one of which was earned. Given up in his inning of work. Evan Phillips, Caleb Ferguson, Bursetta Gradwell. I'll give you a scoreless inning. And Phil Bickford does wind up allowing a home run in his inning. Going deep for the White Sox. Jake Berger redeems himself. Seventh home run of the season. But the Dodgers, they wind up going to Chicago. They wind up being able to get a series win there. And for the Dodgers, 
20-10 and 10 on the road thus far this season. Best road record out there in the big leagues in terms of win percentage. The Atlanta Braves, they take down the Pittsburgh Pirates by a count of 3-1. to one. As for the Pirates, not a bad start here from JT Brubaker. Gives up three runs over the course of seven innings before J.C. Young winds up giving you a scoreless setting. But as has been the case for the Pirates much of the season, it's been a little bit rough with regards to the offense. Their lone form of offense, eighth home run season of Jack Swazinski. He winds up going deep off of Mad Max Freed, who gives up that one run in six innings. Bull Smith, A.J. Minter, Kenley Jansen, I'll give you a scoreless setting for an Atlanta Braves team that they've been one of the better over teams at home thus far this season. They've still played 66% of their games over the total at home thus far this season, despite the fact that this game wanted going under. So, an interesting trend going on there. Something that is trending is Lou Trevino being absolutely terrible for the Oakland A's. The A's were up by a count of 4-3 to three going into the bottom of the 6th inning, and then Trevino wound up giving up 4 runs in the 8th in a tie game to really cost his team this one. 8-4. to four. The Guardians get it done as James Caprillion gives up two solo home runs over the course of his five innings of work as going deep off of him, Josh Jailer, 7th home run season, and Jose Ramirez, his 15th home run the campaign, but legitimately not a terrible start. From there, you do wind up having one and a third innings out of A.J. Puck. He gives up a run. Zach Jackson gives up a run in a third of an inning before Sam Ball is able to give it in out of the bullpen. And then Lou Trevino came into the eighth, gave up five hits, four runs while getting one out before Austin Pruitt had to clean up his mess. And for the Oakland A's, you did wind up having the backup catcher in Christian Bethencourt be able to get his second home run of the campaign. He winds up being able to go deep off of Mr. Connor Pilkington in this one. Not a great start for him, giving up four runs of five and two-thirds innings, but the Guardians bullpen continues to be solid. Same entages on Yale de los Santos combined for two scoreless innings. Brian Shaw, he gives you an out of the bullpen. And Trevor Steven, two scoreless innings as the Guardians get back above 527 and 26. And for the Oakland A's, uh, I believe that this is now eight straight losses for them. So it is not going well for them. Steven Strasburg was rudely greeted back to the big leagues. The Miami Marlins tag him for three runs in the first inning, and the Fish wind up getting the job done by a count of seven to four for Strasburg. He gives up all seven runs of four and a third innings. I don't know if we're ever going to see him be the same Steven Strasburg again. Obviously, just start number one coming off the injury list, but AC Sanchez took him for a right eighth home run season for the Fish. Four of nine with men in scoring position. And then from there, the bullpen actually wasn't too bad. Jordan Weeks, Paul Espino, they both give you a scoreless inning. And Erasmo Ramirez, an inning plus scoreless. But for the Washington Nationals, been a little bit rough for them on offense. As you wind up having Trevor Rogers, who's had a not-so-great year, give up two runs in five innings. Tommy Nancy gives up two runs in an inning out of the bullpen. But Anthony Bass, Richard Blyer, they combine for two scoreless innings to Tanner Scott. A scoreless inning. You did wind up having the San Francisco Giants lose for the first time in a home game in which Logan Webb pitched in since 2020. 4-2. Colorado gets the job done. That was an 18-game win streak with the San Francisco Giants in that scenario that wanted coming to an end as Austin Gomber. Salt start here. Gets up two runs over the course of six innings. Robert Stevenson, Carlos Aceves, Alex Calme. I'll give you a scoreless innings. And for the Colorado Rockies, 3-12 men in scoring position. They got 10 hits and they were the beneficiaries of four. Count them four San Francisco Giants heirs. Darren Ruff, he wound up having an error. Austin Slater, an error. And Thario Estrada, two errors. As for Logan Webb, he gives up three runs to which were in five and two-thirds innings, but did not wind up having a lot of help out there in the field. Jake McGee, Zach Liddell, a scoreless inning. And then you wind up having Tyler Rogers give up a run in an inning. And John Breba, he winds up giving you an out of the bullpen. But Giants, self-inflicted wounds, wound up costing them in this one. And then we've got a few games that are going on right now. The New York Yankees, they wind up getting the job done against the Minnesota Twins. As it stands, going to the bottom of the ninth thing, 10 to 7 in this one as Garrett Cole just got completely lit up. He had give it up. I'm not even kidding here. 
three home runs over the course of his last nine starts. He gives up three home runs in the first inning of this game. He gave up five bombs in total. He gives up seven runs on seven outs as Blandy for the Minnesota Twins. Byron Buxton twice, 14th and 15th home runs of the season. Luis Arias, second home run season. Trevor Larnich, fifth home run season. Carlos Correa is fourth, and the towel boy wound up getting his second home run season. From there, the bullpen has been lights out. Lucas Lutke, two and a third inning scoreless. Miguel Castro, one and a third inning scoreless. He wound up having Wandy Peralta, Michael King, combined for a scoreless two innings as well. And then Joey Gallo, of all guys. He winds up having three RBI and two home runs. Seventh and eighth of the season. Those both come off of Dylan. Don't call me Al Bundy. Gerald Cotton gives up home run to DJ Turner up LeMayu. His fifth home run season at Aaron X. The much maligned Aaron X winds going deep off of Josh Smith. Second home run season for Smith. He gives up two runs in an inning. Al Bundy winds up giving up four runs in four innings. I called him Al intentionally. Two home runs in this one. Gerald Cotton. He winds up giving up a solo run of his own in an inning. Yuan Duran. He gives up two runs in a third of an inning. Giovanni Moran gives up one run in one and two-thirds innings before you near can know was able to give you a scoreless inning and the Yankees all of a sudden are up to 41 wins. That is the most out there in the big league. So things are going to be very interesting for them. I am not going to be able to give you much on this Angels versus Red Sox game, but as of right now, the Red Sox are currently leading an Angels team that is currently riding a 14-game losing streak. So it's not going well there. Shoei Otani and Nick Bavetta thus far have pitched relatively solid, but not going to be able to give you too much on that front. And then with the Baltimore Orioles and the Kansas City Royals game. As it stands right now, the Royals currently have a 7-5 lead going into the bottom of the 8th inning as Jordan Lyles just did not wind up having it in this one. Six runs given up over the course of five innings, including a pair of bombs going deep for the Royals. Carlos Santana, his third home run season, who has been one of the worst hitters in all baseball over the last, I'm going to call it, calendar year. And MJ Melendez was able to go deep for his fifth home run season. Chris with the K. Bubich, another relatively uninspiring start in this one, giving up four runs in four and a third innings. But the Royals bullpen has had his back. He did wind up having a run given up in two-thirds of an inning by Adres Vizcaino. But Colin Sider was able to give the team a out of the bullpen. Josh Shamot, Joel Payamps. Two and a third inning scoreless, so that was very encouraging. And for the Baltimore Orioles, bullpen has been relatively solid all season long. Logan Gillespie gives up an under run in his inning of work, and you've got Nick Vespi giving you a scoreless inning. Both of these guys, sub-1 ERAs right now, so it's been really impressive to take a look at that Baltimore bullpen. And what else has been really impressive is just taking a look at what we've all gotten in Major League Baseball this season as... As it stands right now, we are still seeing a trend to the under, but things are starting to even out. 416 unders, 387 overs, obviously a few games for Thursday pending, but favorites this season, they're 508 and 338 overall, so they're hitting at 60%, but I laid this out a few minutes ago. Favorites have been having a tough time being able to cover the run line. As it sits right now, 373 covers by favorites on the run line. So if you do the math, 135 games of which the favorite have won. That has been by approximately one run. And if you just take a look at what we've seen over the last 30 days in general in Major League Baseball, been about 51.8% to the over, 197 overs to 183 unders. And favorites in this time span, they've won at a 59% clip, 236 and 164. But among those favorites, being able to cover the run line has not necessarily been their forte. They've been able to win on the run line 174 times, which means if you wind up doing the math that they have been unable to cover the run line in 62 of those instances. So if you take a look, last 30 days has been a little bit of better clip for covering the run line than we wound up seeing towards the beginning part of the season, just because we are seeing higher scoring games, but certainly something to monitor. And we want to be monitoring what the Philadelphia Phillies are doing. And 
A man that does that very well, that'd be John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler. Coming up next, going to be talking with him about what we're seeing with regards to this Phillies team, where they stand in the National League East, and we're going to take a look at a few games for Friday. That's up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the exactly. olympics he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of that like that see that Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. We're back here at Love Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and got a great podcast guest for you today as we've got John Jansen joining me. He does a great job over there at Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler. You're able to catch his show, The Line Change, every, we're going to call it evening out here on the West Coast, more nighttime out there on the East Coast, as that is 8 to 11 Eastern Time, 5 to 8 Pacific Time, and for Mr. John Jansen, you're always able to find him with a very, very interesting name to say the least. He always loves to be able to mix it up and (laughs) It always makes it just so intriguing in general to be able to find him as you're able to find him on Twitter at jjansen34 as he is currently known as Johnny Roger and John, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, Johnny Roger, a little bit of play on Jolly Roger as the East Carolina Pirates take on Texas this weekend in the Super Regional. So some college baseball for you to look forward to. Absolutely. And something that I know that you've been looking forward to all season long is the Phillies being able to turn around and go figure ever since they wanted a firing Joe Girardi, you I think we both agreed. He didn't wind up necessarily doing the worst job in the world, but at the same time, Phillies probably just needed a little bit of a new voice. And, well, right now, under Rob Thompson, they have not lost a single game thus far. They actually did wind up winning the final game of the Joe Girardi era as well. So they're currently riding a seven-game win streak. And what have you seen out of the Phillies the last week or so ever since Girardi wound up getting canned? Because... I attribute this a little bit to the firing, but at the same time, I think we would also both be in agreement. They had a brutal schedule to begin the season. Now, all of a sudden, things are starting to turn around a little bit with that regard. So I think that there's multiple things at play right now for the Phillies has led to them being able to get on this win streak. Yeah, there are. Look, if anything, Girardi's firing may have been the catalyst for it all, but I don't know if it's like, you know the reasoning that they're playing well right now. So there are a couple things. First of all, obviously, they played the Angels, so... You know, Angels are obviously still looking for a win and they're having a really tough time. So that was an easy series, but there still are things within that. And even the Milwaukee series, that's really encouraging. And the first one, I think, is the extra left-handed bats outside of Bryce Harper uh, because they weren't getting much from Schwarber. They were not getting much from Bryson Stott. And those two guys are very important to the lineup. And even they weren't getting anything from Odubo Herrera. Odubo Herrera, Kyle Schwarber, and Bryson Stott all homered, I think, all of them multiple times in the series against Milwaukee. And that's a big thing because their right-handed pitching numbers against are not very good. They would get absolutely mowed down by right-handed pitching. And it was all up to really Bryce Harper because Reese Hoskins is bad against right-handed pitching. Alec Bohm is really bad against right-handed pitching. And even Nick Castellano is really bad. And that's really the bulk of their lineup. And so to now get some of these lefty bats going, and that comes to a bigger picture thing as well of, it just was going to take time for Schwarber, I think, to get adjusted. Same with Castellanos. It's going to take time for Bryson Stott, a rookie, to really feel comfortable with getting good quality at bats in the major leagues. And so I I think it was going to take time ultimately for the Phillies to get things together. But even looking a little bit deeper into that, I think it's just some of the other left-handed bats other than Harper starting to get things going because they were putrid against right-handed pitching and they were excellent in this series against Milwaukee. Yeah, they wound up really putting a hurting on them and even being able to take down Corbin Burns on Thursday. That was big for them. Now, 
I do take a look at the National League East, and I do think that it could be a case in which the Phillies wound up just digging themselves a little bit too big of a hole to be able to climb out of this. Now, we've seen stranger things happen than the Philadelphia Phillies being able to win the division because I, we all take a look at what wound up happening with the Colorado Rockies many years ago where they wound up winning like 21 out of their last 22 games. I recognize it was not a division title, but even last year, the St. Louis Cardinals won. They wound up winning 17 straight games when it looked like they were dead to rights to be able to win the division. But you do take a look at the Phillies, 14-1 to to be able to win the East. Braves are at plus 290. I just don't think that there's a lot of value there, and the Mets are currently at minus 295. This just seems relatively correct to me. I think that the Mets should be a relatively big favorite. And I mean, if you take the name the Mets off the front of the jersey, I would argue that they would probably be closer to more like minus 400, but... I mean, that's a discussion for another day. But with that said, I take a look at this National League East, and I still think that the Mets in relatively solid control, especially with Tyler McGill coming off the injured list to make a start on Friday. But that said, I do think the thing's gotten a little bit more interesting out there in the East, even with the Atlanta Braves, who I just wound up saying not a lot of value on them. They have been able to play a little bit better here down the stretch themselves. Yeah, I think the Phillies, they will by the end of the year, not be in contention, I think, for the NL East, but you'll think of that team as being pretty good. I still ultimately don't think there's that big of a gap between the Mets, the Braves, and the Phillies. Obviously, the Mets, I think, are the favorite, and they're the better team out of the three of them. But I think things are going to get a little closer than they are now, especially because the Mets, look, they're dealing with uh, some pitching problems because Chris Bassett is dealing with a bit of regression. Taiwan Walker is definitely getting a bit of regression that he was due for. Now, they get Tyler Miguel back, which is obviously good, but they need Max or in Jacob DeGrom. And so there's going to be a good portion of the season where those two guys aren't in the starting rotation. That's the thing with the Phillies. It's if you believe that this team actually is starting to put things together and, you know, Schwarber's getting better, Stott, Castellanos, and that this team is good, they're going to get the, the bullpen help at some point. I think they get to need a little bit of help on the bench as well, some depth for their lineup. But that team is really good and they can rattle off a bunch of wins like this. So basically the question for the Phillies is how often can they end up doing this? Can they go on multiple streaks? You know, is this seven game winning streak? Maybe it goes to eight, 10. Is it followed by a five, six game losing streak? You know, if the Phillies can, can rattle off some of these wins, you know, I think they're going to have a chance to get close to the Mets and with the way their lineup is, uh, that's certainly plausible. And the schedule that's coming up rest of the way, like we talked about how bad the angels were. I mean, the schedule rest of the way for the Phillies, it's full of teams like that. It's full of the Cubs, the Pirates, the Reds, and also the Marlins and the Nationals. So the Phillies are going to have the opportunity. It's still a stretch to say that they are able to do it. Now, again, it's something I think that is on the table. They can do, and it's plausible to think that they can. It's very difficult. And I think the line reflects that. And I think the line is pretty correct when it comes to that. Yep, I totally agree with you there, as we do have John Jansen. does a great job with Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler. He's joining me right here on the podcast. And when it comes to what we're going to be getting out of the Philadelphia Phillies on Friday, a little bit of a switcheroonie with regards to the pitching matchup as they're going to be facing off against the Arizona Diamondbacks with Zach Allen going on the mound. But it's actually going to be Kyle Gibson in this one. It was looking like it was going to be Zach Wheeler, but looks like Zach Wheeler had a child. So a big congratulations to him on a good life moment there. But Kyle Gibson right now finding himself in a lot of places right around about a minus 125 to a minus 135-ish favorite against Zach Allen and company. And I mean, any other pitcher of the years that an Iamabacks not named Zach Allen, I would think, oh, this is pretty solid value here with the Phillies. But I take a look at Gallon's sub-2-5 ERA. He's legitimately been one of the top five pitchers in the National League thus far this season. I'm not sure how you wind up taking a look at this. I feel like the Phillies should be a very slight favorite, but 
I even think that this might be a little bit too lofty, not necessarily because the Phillies are playing bad or anything like that, just because Gallon has been that dominant. Yeah, he's been a really good pitcher. So I would say the price is good on the Diamondbacks. And look, I was at the last start for Kyle Gibson. Did not go well. Not a very good start for him. I think he's he's possibly due for a bit of a bounce back. And I think he can do well against this Diamondbacks lineup, although they do have some guys with a bit of pop. I personally would probably stay far away from the Phillies because I would bet the Diamondbacks. I would back Gallon. I and of course the Phillies, you know, even if they were to get some runs off Gallon, I don't trust their bullpen. But you know, things are going really well. It's really coming down to the Phillies, whether or not you trust, again, their left-handed bats against right-handed pitching. You know, can Stott continue to hit the way that he has? Can Kyle Schwarber continue to hit that way? Even Didi Gregorius getting on the action. You know, it's been really impressive to see these left-handed bats finally start to make a difference against right-handed pitching because they needed it desperately. However, how much staying power does that have? And does that have staying power against one of the better right-handed pitchers in all of Major League Baseball and Zach Allen? I would personally stay away from it. The lean, obviously, would probably be on Arizona because of all of those factors. You know, I'm just not sure uh, what those bats are going to do in a series like this and in a game like this against Zach Gallen. Would probably advise staying away from this as the Phillies bats are right now because I just don't know how to bet their bats when everything else is pretty much leaning Diamondbacks. Yep, the Diamondbacks have been very good whatever Gallon's been on the mound. Two runs or fewer given up in all but one of his starts this far this year and the total of eight. Might be worth a little bit of a look on the under, knowing that. And knowing how the Atlanta Braves have played this season, I think that this is a little bit too lofty, as we've got Spencer Strider going up against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and Ronsi Contreras is going to be going for them, and the Pirates. Obviously, it's not been a great year for them, but I mean, we saw the Pirates a week and a half ago going to L.A. They want to take it three straight games for them. It feels like the Pirates have really been playing up and down to the competition. No idea how or why that's been happening, but got Spencer Strider on the mound for the Atlanta Braves, and I feel like the Braves should be a little bit of a favorite here. I don't know if I can get behind them at between minus 210 and minus 220. I'm not sure how you feel about this Atlanta team, and I I want to mention it. They have been able to round into form a little bit more here the last two or so weeks, but I still feel like this is a Braves team that they're a little bit overvalued, and I certainly don't think that the Pirates wind up winning this game 50% of the time or anything like that, but getting plus 180, plus 190, I think you're starting to get into a little bit of a value zone here on Pittsburgh. Yeah, I just don't know how you can bet the Braves here. That minus 215 price is lofty. Yes, maybe if the Braves are playing like this for a month or more that you could say that, but it's to the point where maybe there's a little bit of an overvalue here on the Braves who are playing very well. Still, you know, it's the same thing with the Phillies. You know, how much do you trust it at this moment? Because they haven't been able to do that. But when it comes to the last, you know, week of games, last seven days, Braves, one of the best lineups in baseball, long up there with the Phillies and obviously the Blue Jays as well, who have been outstanding. So it'd be something where you have to be confident that like the Braves aren't going to keep that up. But I know for sure, no way I'd be betting the Braves at that price. I'd like you say, I had to say ridiculous that maybe a little bit strong, but it does seem like a huge overreaction to what's been happening there. Yeah, I totally agree with you, the Braves. I do think that they're going to, when it's all said and done, be a team that's going to be in playoff contention. I think that they're going to have themselves a solid, we're going to call it final 65% of the season. We're about 35% of the way through the season. But that said, we've gotten up a little bit too high there as we do have John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler, joining me on the podcast. And we've taken a look at a few games involving National League East teams. 
Hard to really take a look at the Mets versus the Angels game because we have no idea who's going to be pitching for the Angels. So I'm not going to ask for your thoughts on a to-be-determined pitcher. But with that said, we do have quite a few games that we know who's going to be going in these contests. Is there any one or two that stand out, whether you just want to see a little bit more from the team in general or you're maybe targeting a better two? Yeah, well, for sure, it's a little bit of a short line there in St. Louis, and I know they have the pitcher that's not really known. They're going up against Luis Castillo. You know, I'll give credit. Castillo has been performing well, so I don't want to say that, like, Luis Castillo has been bad or, you know, picking on him like we have in previous years, I'd say. Uh, But it's a really short line, minus 135 for the Cardinals, and they've been good at home, and the Reds are just putrid on the road. So if I'm seeing a really short line like that, especially with the Reds on the road and their record that's been on the road. It's something I do want to target, but in terms of games I want to watch for sure, it's the Giants and the Dodgers. We're seeing the Braves and the Phillies make a run. Phillies are two and a half games out. I think the Braves are about a half a game, if I'm not mistaken. Both these teams are streaking and making runs. Meanwhile, the Dodgers, it's not as smooth sailing as it was in previous years. They have Jacob Junis on the mound. They're going up against Bueller and a really interesting series. And I hate to say important, but obviously any divisional game, and especially when it's a team at the top of your division, uh, becomes important. So that's certainly a game. It's a late one here on the East Coast, but that's going to be a really fun series and a fun game. Yeah, and it's been so intriguing to take a look at this Dodgers team because they have pitched actually significantly better on the road than they have at home, which makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. Walker Bueller has been a textbook example of this guy with an ERA more than two points lower on the road than he does at home. Maybe we'll see some regression with regards to his road sets and some progression with regards to what he's able to do at home and a man that is always progressing, a man that is always doing absolutely tremendous work. That'd be you, John. I know you host the Lion Change every Monday through Friday over there at Fox Sports Philadelphia, The Gambler. I know that you do a little bit when it comes to the fantasy realm of things as well, and I know that you do a great job of taking a look at a little bit of everything, though I know that one of your biggest fortes is this time of year with Major League Baseball. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and just everything that you've got going on in general. Yeah, you can follow me at jjs 34 on Twitter and my show, Monday through Friday, 8 to 11, the line change. And it's easy to find that if you're not in the Philadelphia area. If you are, though, 102.5 FM, 1480 AM, but always streaming as is VEASAN on the iHeartRadio app. So uh, be sure to look up the game. Gambler, and you'll be able to check us out. So easy to do so. And again, follow me at jjansen 34 for all of my shenanigans, including movie movie reviews and video game reviews. John does an absolutely terrific job, and he does a great job covering the full spectrum of a little bit of everything. And if you are looking for those gaming reviews, that is at RP Gamer, which that's actually a company that, if I'm not mistaken, is based out of the great state of yes, Wisconsin. So yeah. you've got John doing a great job with that. And Whenever he joins this podcast, always brings the goods. A big thanks to John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler, for trying to be right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics exactly. he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that ladies and gentlemen please welcome sam cassell to point game i remember you came out from crying tears <laughs> crying tears. i mean he was in a culture shock and then he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning remember what i told you i said i said oh you think i can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. 
I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Always great to get John Jansen aboard. He does a terrific job over there at Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler, and a... Phillies, they've really been able to pick it up ever since the canning of Joe Girardi. So it was great to be able to get that insight there and take a look at a few games for Friday. So big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we 
Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do you note know that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at Junit underscore D1. We're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom, which will keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. And we're going to be beginning with the game that we wound up talking about quite a bit with John. 951-952. Arizona Diamondbacks in the road, facing off against the Philadelphia Phillies. As got Kyle Gibson, who's going to be going for the Phils, and Zach Gallen is going to be on the bump for Arizona. Turn on this game is 8 with the 8, the over is minus 120, and the under is even. And when it comes to the Diamondbacks, you're going to be finding them in between a plus 110 to a plus 120. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Phillies, it's saying we're between minus 120 to a minus 135. And anything north of a plus 115 was willing to take a shot here on the years in the Diamondbacks. Seeing a lot of plus 120s out there, I'm going to be willing to ride with them. Zach Allen has given up two runs or fewer in all but one of his starts this far this season. And the big reason why we've seen Zach Allen really be able to step up this year is because he's been able to do a great job of being able to reduce the walks. Last year, 3.6 walks per nine innings thus far this season. A little bit over two walks per nine innings. So he's done a nice job being able to hold down the 40. He has given up quite a few home runs recently. Four home runs given up in his last five starts, but he's given up four home runs this season. So there was a little bit of regression doing there. And for Kyle Gibson, he's been able to do a solid job this season of being able to keep the ball in the yard himself. Five home runs surrendered overall this season, including one in his last four starts. And for Kyle Gibson, he does wind up having his occasional clunkers, but three out of his last four starts, two runs given up or fewer overall 440 ERA. And he's worked on his walks as well. He's given up right around, I would say about 2.7, 2.8 walks per nine innings out with the ears and the Diamondbacks. Bullpen is not necessarily too terrific. You do have Joe, Joe Manette, Tipoli, Sean Pop, and these guys have been relatively solid out there in the bullpen. And though Ian Kennedy got used yesterday, only four right around nine or so pitches. So that's been solved for the CMO for the years in the Diamondbacks. They lead the league in home runs on the road with right around 1.6 per contest. And though the team is still one of the worst with regards to batting average, you do have Ketel Marte, Josh Ross hitting above a 270 for the team. Christian Walker has been able to supply the boom, only in a 200, but he's been able to give the team 15 home runs. So he did wind up leaving the game yesterday against the Cincinnati Reds. So he's unlikely to be available in this one. And then you take a look at the Philadelphia Phillies and they've got Kyle Schwarber, who's been sort of like Christian Walker in that he just has not been able to do a great job with the yards batting average at a 209, but he's been able to supply 15 home runs along with Bryce Harper. Harper, he's been providing right around a 310 batting average. You've got a lot of guys like Alec Bohm, JT Riamito, Nick Cassiano, Suon Camargo, all these guys in between about a 242 to a 255. So got quite a few guys consistently getting on base, but you do have the year fears with this Phillies bullpen as well. Brad and Corey Canable have been relatively solid, but guys like James Norwood, Christopher Sanchez, and company, they've been laying the team down a little bit. I do think that this is a spot in which getting north of a plus 115, very appealing with Arizona with the way that Gallon's been able to pitch. I do think that both of these guys are going to be able to deliver good starts. I do mind him saying my total at a 7.9, so here at the 8, looking at the under and anything north of a plus 115. We'll take a shot on Arizona, 953-954 on the bank board, the Milwaukee Bears in the road face off against the Washington Nationals. Eric Fetty Wap is going to be going for the Nats, and Aaron Ashby is going to be on the bump for the crew. The Brewers are finding themselves in between minus 155 and minus 160. Meanwhile, your plus price with the Nationals is anywhere between plus 140 and plus 148. 8.5 is going to be your total with the under. Finding that anywhere between minus 120 and seeing as good as
as a minus 105 and with the 8.5 or is anywhere between minus 115 and even money and when it comes to Milwaukee Brewers I did wind up saying them at a minus 163 on the money line if you're taking a look at the run line right now you're finding it at even money in a lot of spots I was willing to pretty much take even money or greater so this is a spot in which at even money I would be willing to take a shot on this Milwaukee Brewers run line Aaron Ashby did wind up having a little bit of a rough start his last time out but certainly it's better than the one and four record would indicate to wind up giving up four runs in that start against the San Diego Padres and he does have a little bit of a lower bullpen coming out of the bullpen that has a starter but stuff is just absolutely nasty with this guy he's been able to generate right around 11.8 straight cuts per nine innings he's given up four home runs in 46 innings so he has been able to do a very solid job and when he's been starting has been able to lend a little bit of depth as well meanwhile you take a look at Eric Fetty Wap and last two starts wound up giving up a combined 10 runs over the course of six innings so both of those were on the road against the Red Legs and the New York Mets and you take a look at our home to road and it's actually been relatively consistent thus far this season. A ERA at home right around a 509, 471 on the road. And opponents in general are just hitting a 275 off of them. Strikeouts per nine or eight, hovering right around seven and a half. That's not too terrific. And for the Washington Nationals, they just don't necessarily have a good bullpen to be able back to up Victor Arano. Has not been great for the team. Andres Machado has been very shaky. Steven Strasburg was unable to go five innings yesterday because, well, it's just a case in which I don't know if we're ever going to see the old Steven Strasburg, but he's certainly not going to be starting in this game, but I wound up depleting this bullpen a little bit more, one that is not very good to start with, but we have a few guys that are able to get on base for the team. Cesar Hernandez, Yadiel Hernandez, along with Mikel Franco. All these guys are in between, I would say, about a 260 to a 275. Josh Bell hitting a 300 as well, but you've got Juan Soto still hitting just a 227 for this bunch. He has been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers at 12, but I mean, he's getting fewer than two RBI for every one of his home runs at this point. And then for the Milwaukee Brewers, it certainly has been a rough go of it for the team on offense. They have been held to three runs or fewer in each out of their last three games. And this is a bunch that they have exceeded four runs just once here in the month of June. So not necessarily too terrific there, but they do have Willie Adamas now off the injured list, along with Hunter Renfro. Both of these guys prior to going on the injured list had nine home runs, both collected home run number 10 yesterday. So that is going to be a good sign for the team. You only had one guy in the starting lineup in a 260 or greater yesterday. That would be Renfro. So that should be a lot of things up. But take a look at a lot of these guys. Luis Urias, along with Andrew McCutcheon, Christian Yelich, Victor Carantini, Tyrone Taylor, all these guys in between. I would say about a 215 to a 230. They do need to pick up a little bit, but you've got Devin Williams, you've got Josh Hader, the ultimate 8th and ninth inning duo for this team as well. I do think that Ashby going to be able to land a relatively solid start here, so I'm going to take the Brewers on the run line. I do think that they are going to be able to get to Fetty, and I do think that Ashby going to be able to land a very solid start against the national team that's just not sharing a lot of power right now. Semi-total at 8.2, looking under and looking at the Brewers on the run line. 9.55, 9.56 on the banking board. The Pittsburgh Bears hit the road face against the Atlanta Braves. Spencer Strider is going to be going for the Braves, and Ronzi Contreras is going to be on the bump for the Pirates. The Pirates are finding themselves as a sizable underdog. You're going to be getting them in between plus 180 and plus 198. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Atlanta, it's anywhere between minus 205 and minus 228.5 is your total. And the total is all over the place. The over and the under have just anywhere between even money and minus 120. And we were mentioning it with John. Should the Atlanta Braves be a relatively good-sized favorite? 
Yes, but at plus 190 or greater, I was willing to buy in on the Pittsburgh Pirates, and I've actually liked what I've seen out of Mr. Contreras. Now, it's a small sample size from you want to making three relief appearances and three starts thus far for his buck 96 ERA, but this is someone that he's got some pretty good stuff. He's been able to give you right around 10 strikeouts per nine innings, was a pretty steady guy out there at the minor league level. Sometimes you do have your issues with command thus far at the big league level, right around three walks per nine innings, so you're able to live with that, and then you do take a look at Spencer Strider, and he's someone that wanted to begin the season on the bullpen, and he's got electrifying stuff as well. Over 11 strikeouts per nine innings has given up just one home run, but he is sort of like Rick the Wild Thing Vaughn. He's been giving up right around five walks per nine innings. Looked no further than his last start against Colorado. Wound up giving up just one run, but can only make it four innings because he wound up having five walks in that start. And this is an Atlanta Braves bullpen that they are dealing with an injury to Tyler Magic. That hurts them a little bit. Darren O'Day, Will Smith, they've been a little bit inconsistent now. Been able to get some good production out of A.J. Minter. Jackson Stevens has been a long guy, so... Might look for him to perhaps piggyback in this spot. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, it's been a little bit of a rough offense for this team. You do have Cabrian Hayes picking up a get on base. He's got right around a 290 batting average, 380 on base. Daniel Vogelback has been in and out of the fold, so that has hurt the team a little bit as he, Brian Reynolds, along with many others, hitting between, I would say, about a 220 to a 235. And Michael Javis hitting a 275 for this bunch, but you really don't have a lot of power on this team. And for the Atlanta race, you've had Austin Riley really being able to step up with regards to being able to hit the deep ball. He's got 15 home runs thus far this season. He, along with Matt Olsen, Travis Arno, they're only between about a 255 to a 270. You've got Ozzy Albies, who's been hitting more in that pocket of a 250. And they wound up bringing up Mr. Michael Harris second. He's a young 21-year-old. He's been able to do a solid job out there in center field. Ronald Acuna Jr., north of a 400 on base as well for the Pirates. All but three of their wins have come out of the bullpen. David Bernard has been very solid now. You do have a few guys that have been less than trustworthy. Chris Aaron is starting to pick it up, but he saw us north of a 4 ERA whenever Heath Henry has been out there. And it's been a little bit of a hot mess, but Chase Young has been able to give you some good innings as well. So should the Pirates be an underdog in this spot? Yes, I just think that this is a number that has gotten a little bit too far out of whack, willing to take anything. North of a plus 90 here on the Pittsburgh Pirates. And when it comes to Soto, I did mind saying it at a 9.1. I do think that Strider is going to give out quite a few walks. I think that Contreras himself is going to see a little bit of regression out there and a little bit more of a hitter-friendly ballpark that is starting to heat up. So looking over, and I'm going to be looking at the Pirates on the money line. 957, 958 on the bank board. You've got the Cincinnati Reds. We are into Cincinnati. They're under the road facing off against the St. Louis Cardinals. Andre Palanti is going to be going for the cards, and Luis Castillo is going to be on the bump for the Reds. The Reds are finding themselves as underdogs in the spot of anywhere between plus 115 and plus 127. Meanwhile, with St. Louis, it's anywhere between minus 126 and minus 135. is your total. The over and the under are both at minus 110, and I was willing to lay up to a minus 153 with the Cardinals. You've got Palante, who he's making just his, I believe, second start of the season because he wound up being a guy that was utilized very interestingly in that double dip against the Chicago Cubs, but that said, this is someone that he's been able to be a little bit of a long reliever for the team prior to his four-inning start against the Cubs in which he wound up giving up one run. He had went three-plus innings in his last two long relief appearances, and in 29 and a third innings thus far this season, has allowed just one home run. Not necessarily a big swing and miss guy. Right around 20 strikeouts this year, he's given up right around 4.3 walks per nine, but has been able to do a good job of being able to find the zone, be able to induce some soft contact. So 
That's going to play very well out here in St. Louis. And then you take a look at Luis Cassion. So it's coming off the injured list. He's been relatively soft for the team, especially on the road. Three road starts, 265 ERA. That's allowed overall for the season. Three home runs and 33 innings. The walks have always been a little bit of an issue for him. He's given up a little bit over three walks per nine innings, but opponents are getting just a 200 off of him. His swing and miss stuff, it is still there north of nine strikeouts per nine innings, but now they have to go up against the St. Louis Cardinals lineup that, after being held at bay against the Tampa Bay Rays, got to feel like that they're going to be out in force in this one. Paul Goldschmidt has been one of the best players out there in the National League this season. 47 RBI. He's hitting a 340. has been able to supply a double-digit amount of homers. Beyond Nolan Arenado, 10 home runs, 275 batting average. Tommy Edmond, Harrison Bader, these guys also in between a 270 and 280. And then whenever you've had the duo of Brendan Donovan along with Nolan Gorman healthy, both of these guys, north of a 360 on base, they have been very solid for the team up for the Cardinals. If needed to, you can wind up piggybacking someone like a Genesis Cabrera off of Palanti. He's been able to give the team some good angles out of the bullpen now. Guys like TJ McFarlane, Nick Wicker, and the veterans have not been good for the Cardinals, but the young guns have been solid and for the Cincinnati Reds. This is a bunch of, right now they still rank in the bottom eight in the big leagues in terms of bullpen. All right, Alexis Diaz, Jeff Hoffman, they've been solid, but whenever you wind up bringing out there someone like a Hunter Strickland, it has been a very very bad for the team and for the Reds. It's a bunch of which they're just hitting so much better at home rather than on the road. Great American Ballpark has been very friendly for this team. You take a look at what they've been able to do on the road thus far this season and they're hitting just a 203. 19 home runs over the course of 28 games. That is a little bit of an issue because if you take a look at what they've been able to do at home thus far this season, that's more around a 270 batting average with 36 home runs in 28 games. So you got some very demonstrative home and road splits. Now if you are looking for a little bit of constant when it comes to what this team has been able to do on the road. You've got Brandon Drury. He's been able to give you four home runs. Now his batting average is right around the Mendoza line of 200, but got to figure that guys that were banged up a little bit earlier in the season, like Joey Votto and company, are going to be able to continue to step up, but I do think that this is the right team that got to gauge a little bit differently. Home to road. We'll end up saying my total at a 7.9 as a result, so we're going to be taking a look at the under and with Palante. Want to making him a minus 153 favorite personally, so being able to get him, especially now, in some places at a sub-minus one 30. I'm going to be one big shot there on the St. Louis. Going to wind up taking the money line just to play it safe and going with the under. 959, 960 on the main board. These Slime Diego Padres are going to be playing us to the Colorado Rockies. Chad Cool is going to be going for the Rockies and Joe Musgrove is going to be on the bump for the Pods. Padres are finding themselves in between minus 150 and minus 165. Meanwhile, if you take a look at Colorado, it's anywhere between plus 210 and same size plus 237 with your total on game 7. The over is minus 120 and the under is even. Even that 237 is not enough for me to be able to go in on the Colorado Rockies. I need at least a 242 here because Joe Musgrove has been absolutely ridiculous for the San Diego Padres. And if you're taking a look at the run line in this spot, you're finding it in a lot of places anywhere between a minus 110 to a minus 115 on San Diego laying a run and a half. I was willing to lay up to a minus 125 sub. That is where I'm going to be looking because I do think that Musgrove, even though it is going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game once again with him on the mound, he is going to be able to do a good job of being able to hold down the fort against the Colorado Rockies team that they do have still very demonstrative home and road splits. Rockies are hitting right around 45 points lower on the road than they are at home. And for Mr. Musgrove, Buck 64 ERA has won at least six innings in every one of his starts. 
right around nine strikeouts per nine innings, two walks per nine innings, point six-ish home runs per nine. I mean, he has been good in every single metric. Now, you take a look at the San Diego Padres, and this is an offense that they're going to need to pick it up a little bit more because if you have Manny Machado being absolutely amazing for this team, 329 batting average, he's been able to supply 36 RBI. And I will say, Jake Cronenworth, Drixen Profar, they've got a combined 65 RBI of their own. Jake Cronenworth has been able to give you three home runs over the last seven days. So he all of a sudden has been able to heat up. He's only leading a 225 for the season, but you take a look at what he's been able to do here down the stretch, and it's a man that is hitting a 275 over the last 15 days, so that is encouraging for this bunch, but you still do have some, shall we say, shaky bats when it comes to this lineup. Trent Grisham hitting below the Mendoza line of 200. That's not necessarily too terrific. Cronenworth along Luke Voigt, Will Myers. These guys are in between about a 225 to a 235. Now Eric Osmer has been able to at 290 for the scene, but he's been regressing a little bit as well. Been able to get a little bit of production out of the outfielder and Jose Azucar. He's hitting right around 270, but with that said, I do think that this is a case in which the Padres should be able to get a very good start out of Joe Musgrove. And for the Rockies, they've got the worst bullpen out there in the big leagues. Robert Stevenson has not been able to give you good innings. Carlos Aceves, he certainly has had a little bit of a downer of the season. And for the San Diego Padres, Taylor Rogers has been a little bit shaky for the San Diego Padres team. But Nebel Chrisman has been able to do a solid job. We'll be able to give you guys some innings. Steven Adams, he's been able to do a nice job. I'll be able to hold down the fort. He's a little bit of a multi-inning guy as well. And then you're even able to get some relatively good production out of Craig Sammonsville as well. So it's a situation which I'm going to be taking a look at the Padres on the run line. Don't necessarily want to take a north of a $2 money line, but certainly willing to take the run line and here with the subtle set it at a 6.8 with the dominance of Joe Musgrove. So I'm going to be taking a look at this subtle under and when it comes to the run line, I want to lay up to a minus 125 of that with the San Diego Padres. We go to 961-962, a game that is currently off the board. The LA Dodgers made the road the facing off against the San Francisco Giants as Jacob Junis was not known as the starter until yesterday evening. He is going to be going for the Giants and Walker Buehler is going to be on the bump for the Dodgers. With the Dodgers in this spot, I want to make them a minus 126 favorite. Once again, no numbers as I wind up doing this, but I also want to make my total 7.97.5 or less. Going to be taking a look at an over and an 8 or higher. I'm going to be taking a look at the under with the Dodgers. They were able to bust out in a big way with their offense yesterday. A little bit of a beneficiary of some errors, but with that said, LA Dodgers have been able to do a very solid job on offense this season on the road. They actually lead the league in terms of runs per game, went away from home, and I do think that this is a Giants bullpen that is starting to find their way a little bit. Last year, they had the lone sub-3 bullpen area out there in the big leagues thus far this season. They've been a very average bullpen, but you still have some relatively solid pieces out there. Jerome Garcia, Camilo Duvall, these guys have been relatively solid, and Garcia is able to give you multiple innings, and I've actually been very impressed by what I've seen out of Jacob Junis this season. A 2.51 ERA, 43 innings. He's given up right around one home run per nine innings. His walks per nine rate hovers in between a 1.8 to a 1.9. Not necessarily a ton of swing and miss, but two runs or fewer given up in four out of his last five starts. John Brebia has been able to do a solid job out there in this Giants bullpen as well. And then when it comes to the San Francisco Giants offense, it has been one of the better ones out there in the big leagues, but at home, they just don't wind up hitting necessarily the same as they do on the road. And it is now an offense that they've been held to four runs or fewer in four out of their last five games. Jock Peterson 
has been able to do an amazing job for this offense. He's been able to supply 13 home runs. He's been able to do a solid job getting on base, hitting right around a 260 for this bunch. And you've got Luis Gonzalez hitting a 315. He's been one of the main constants for this team, along with Mike Yastrzemski hitting for right around a 386 on base. Austin Slater has been out for much of the season, but when he's been in the fold, and he was yesterday, hitting for right around a 382 on base. Tommy Lasella, Evan Lagoria. These guys have been in and out of the fold since they've come back. Both of these guys hitting right around a 230. It's been a rough year for Darren Ruff, 335 on base, but hitting just a 215. And then for the LA Dodgers, Max Muncy was really struggling before he wanted to deal with a little bit of an injury yesterday. He wound up having a massive day. For the LA Dodgers, that could be exactly what he needed to get online as he's still hitting just a buck fifty-nine for the season. And you got Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, along with Austin Barnes, all these guys hitting a two fifteen or Laura Bellinger. Second straight rough year for him, but take a look at the top. Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts are both hitting a two ninety. Trey Turner, he's been able to hit above a three hundred and with Betts. I mean, it's been incredible to watch him. 16 home runs, 39 RBI at the leadoff spot. And then for the Dodgers, it's been still a top eight bullpen in terms of ERA. You've been able to have guys be able to come in and hold down the fort like Evan Phillips. You've been able to get some good innings out of Alex Vasilla. And I think that just being able to get a little bit more pitching depth in general with regards to the starting rotation moving forward is going to be very big for the team because typically you wind up using someone like Mitch White as a long guy. They've been utilizing him as a starter. And it's really been some of these stars that have let the team down. Like a Craig Kimbrell is currently dealing with an injury like Yancy Almonte, for instance, sub-2 ERA for the Dodgers. And with Walker Buehler, wanted to blame it out. This guy has not been too terrific at home. He's actually been really good on the road. A guy that currently has a buck 67 road ERA, 4-0 in his four starts, including a complete game against Arizona. He's yet to give up a home run in 27 innings. A little bit of a pitcher-friendly ballpark out there in San Francisco, especially during the nighttime. That should be able to help him out. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression to opponents saying a buck 73 off of him on the road, but he's been unlucky at home with opponents saying a 326 off of him. So I do think that things are going to start to iron out with this total set it to where a seven half or less looking at an over and an eight or higher to the under and made the Dodgers minus 126 on the money line. 963, 964 on the betting board. You've got the Toronto Blue Jays on the road facing up against the Detroit Tigers as Elvin Rodriguez is going to be going for the Tigers and Juan Jose Barrios is going to be on the bump for the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays find themselves as FT favorites. Any team minus $2 and minus 205. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Detroit, it's anywhere between plus 170 and plus 185. 8.5 to 9 is your total on the 8.5. Over is minus 120. The under is even on the 9. Under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even and minus 110. And when it comes to this spot, I did mind upsetting the Blue Jays as one of the bigger favorites on the board at a minus 227. And Take a look at the run line of the Blue Jays. Right now, you're finding that in the pocket of about minus 120. I was willing to lay up to a minus 130 when it comes to this run line. So I'm going to be taking a look at the Blue Jays being able to reduce the juice because with the Tigers, it's actually been a top five bullpen when it comes to this team. But the starter that is taking the mound in Alvin Rodriguez has not been able to give that bullpen any help whatsoever. You take a look at Rodriguez. Six home runs given up in 16 innings. Is not necessarily too terrific right there. He's made one long relief appearance. And he's made three starts. And in his last start against the New York Yankees, he got just completely shelled. Ten runs given up in four and a third innings now. That is the New York Yankees. And at home thus far this season for Alvin Rodriguez, he's been a little bit better. Six and two-thirds innings. He's given up four runs, including one home run. But still, a guy that, with regards to his box per nine rate, is right around a four. And if it wasn't for just so many injuries, when it comes to this Detroit Tigers starting lineup, he would not be currently getting the start in this game. And you take a look at the Detroit Tigers and their offense. It's just been absolutely pitiful this season. They've got 30 home runs over the course of 56 games. To put this into perspective, Aaron Judge, along with Anthony Rizzo, 
or Giancarlo Sand, whoever you want to pick out out of those two guys. They're combining for over 30 home runs. So it's not necessarily too terrific there for the Tigers to name off what all these gentlemen wind up having in common as... You've got Eric Haas, Jonathan Scope, Robbie Grossman, Javi Baez, Spencer Torkelson, Jameer Candelario, all hitting a 200 or lower. And all these guys, you got all but one of them in Torkelson, giving you an on-base percentage of a sub-240. It has not been too terrific for this team. Now, Victor Reyes has been able to 290 for this team. You've got Harold Castro hitting a 280 for this bunch as well. But Reyes, he has been in and out of the fold. Austin Meadows just wanted coming back for this team. 363 on base, but he hasn't necessarily been able to supply a lot of boom. He's got a lot, as many home runs as myself now. Laid it out with the Tigers' bullpen. Has been absolutely terrific for the team. Alex Lang, a sub-2 ERA. Willie Pearl, a little bit of a long guy. He has been amazing. Gregory Soto, Will Vest, both of these guys have come out with a sub-250 ERA, but you do take a look at the flip side and what you're able to get out of the Toronto Blue Jays. This is an offense that all of a sudden they've been able to ignite. Four-plus runs, and now 12 out of their last 13 games. You got a pair of guys in Vlager Jr. along with George Springer, that you knew that they wouldn't stay down for long. Both of these guys between a 335 and a 345 on base. They combined 24 home runs and 61 RBI between them two. Bo Bichette, he's been able to hit right around at 260. He's been able to give you 30 RBI. Santiago Espano now hitting a 290. And after a really bad start to the season, Teos Hernandez, he looks healthy. He's been able to do a solid job. Blue Jays bullpen, still a little bit shaky, but Adam Simber has been able to give you some solid innings all season long. Julia Merriweather seems to be picking it up after a really, really rough start to the season. So rocking a 6 ERA, but things seem to be coming along for he along Trent Thornton. So this is a situation which I'm going to be willing to take a shot here on the Blue Jays on the run line, despite the fact that Jose Barrios has right now a 5-ish ERA. He has been doing most of his best work at home. Always a guy that home and road splits wind up being very prevalent with him, but you do take a look at things. Three runs for fear given up in three out of his last four starts, including one of them being on the road against the St. Louis Cardinals, where he wound up actually delivering one of his best starts of the season, in my opinion. And he has been doing a solid job with regards to walks right around two and a half walks per nine innings. So I'm going to be setting my toilet at 8.2 with the way that the Tigers are hitting, looking under. And when it comes to the Blue Jays, want to lay up to a minus 130 on the run line. So looking run line and looking under. 965, 966 on the bang board. The Oakland A's. They throw it. They're facing off against the Cleveland Guardians as Tristan McKenzie is going to be going for the Guardians and Paul Blackburn. Going to be walking the blank for Oakland. Oakland is finding themselves as a pretty sizable underdog. You're going to be getting them in between plus 145 and plus 155. Meanwhile, for Cleveland, you're going to be finding them in between minus 158 and minus 177. After 8 is your total. On the 8, the under is minus 120. The over is even. On the 7 half, over and under are both at minus 110. And when it comes to this one, I wound up setting it at a 7.7. I'm going to be willing to take a look at the over because with Oakland, the reason why they were a very good under team to begin the season was their bullpen was really coming out, doing a solid job. Now they're a below average bullpen in terms of ERA. Danny Jimenez has really seen his ERA climb upward. Lou Trevino just has not been able to give you a good year in general. He's rocking nearly a 70 ERA now. AJ Puck, Sam Mall, both of these guys have been absolutely magnificent for the C. Mall right now as an ERA right around a Puck 50. AJ Puck, he's able to give you multiple innings, sub two ERA out of him, but everyone else has really been regressing for the team. And you take a look at Paul Blackburn, and he wound up having an absolutely amazing start to the season. But last two starts, he's given up four runs of both of them. Not much of a swing and miss guy, a guy that's giving you right around six after seven strikeouts per nine innings. Now, he's done a better job with command this year. Two walks per nine innings, that is something that certainly should be noted. But with this Cleveland Guardians team, this is a bunch that they do a nice job of being able to reach base. And they've got Jose Ramirez, who has been amazing. For the team, 55 RBI, 15 home runs. He's hitting right around at 285. And then on top of that, 
ever since he's been able to get at bats. You've got Oscar Gonzalez hitting just below 400. Andres Jimenez has been able to hit a 300. Guys towards the bottom of the fold, like a Stephen Kwan, a 360 on base. Josh Naylor, a 340 on base. So that has been rock solid. For the, the Oakland A's, they were able to bust out a little bit more with the bats yesterday, but everyone that wound up seeing it at bat yesterday, all but one of them hitting a 245 or lower. Roman Laureano is right now the lone outlier. He's got a 345 on base and really the only guy with the worth of a 320 on base for this team. All these guys like Kevin Smith, Christian Pache, Elvis Andrews. It's been really rough and you don't have a single Oakland A's player that has five plus home runs and for the Guardians. Very good bullpen for this team. Nick Sandlund has been able to give you some very good innings. Emmanuel Classe, one of the better lights out closers that you're able to find out there in the big leagues. And then guys like Eli Morgan, Sam Antiges that they did not work out as starters. They've been able to do a good job out of the bullpen and for Tristan McKenzie. Ever since he wound up getting sent down to the minors last season, he's worked on command. Fewer than two and a half walks per nine innings. He is someone that will give up the deep ball a little bit right around a home run and a half per nine innings, but 261 Umiere, 321 ERA in the road, and all nine home runs that he's given up this season, they have come on the road. So I'm willing to trust in the Cleveland Guardians in this spot. Wound up saying them. Minus 177 on the money line. If you're taking a look at the run line, you're finding that in a lot of spots. Right around a plus 125, I was willing to take anything north of a plus 110. When it comes to this Guardians run line, I'm going to be willing to reduce the juice with the way that the Oakland A's bullpen has really been regressing. So here at the 7.5, looking over, and I'm going to be taking a look at the run line of the Guardians. 967, 968 on the bank the Texas Rangers at the road. They're facing off against the Chicago White Sox. As you've got Glenn Otto going for the Texas Rangers, and it's going to be Davis Martin who's going to be on the bump for the Southsiders. The White Sox find themselves as a little bit of a favorite here, anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125. Meanwhile, if you're able to look at Texas, you're going to be finding them anywhere between a plus 105 to a plus 112, and the game is 9. The over and the under are anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115, and I did wind up saying my total at an 8.3. I'm going to be taking a look at an under in this spot, and the big reason why I do like this total under is because we have been able to see Glenn Otto be able to do a solid job with regards to his stuff in general. This is someone that at the minor league level, he was able to do a good job of being able to get some swings and misses. He is going to be going up against a bunch in the White Sox set. They are in the bottom five in the big leagues in terms of batting average at home, and for Otto, 424 ERA, not necessarily great, not necessarily terrible. His strikeouts per nine rate, that's right around 8.5, but the big thing for him, being able to lock in on the walks. He's been giving up right around five walks per nine innings, three plus walks in four out of his last five appearances. But with that said, he has been going up against a White Sox team that because they've been dealing with injuries, Tim Anderson has been out of the fold for the team. They've just had a really rough time being a reach base in general. That has been a little bit of an issue for the team. And I do think that he being backed up by a relatively solid bullpen, Joe Barlow has been able to give you a sub two ERA. Brock Burke has been very solid for the team. Now, I will say Matt Bush isn't that necessarily been too terrific. We found that out on Sunday, but by and large, with the Rangers bullpen being relatively solid and Otto seemingly being able to put together a little bit more, I think that he's going to be able to come up and he's going to be able to give a relatively solid start here with Otto. 257 road ERA to a 605 home ERA, by the way, with just one home run given up in 21 innings. Meanwhile, you do take a look at Davis Martin, the young guy from Texas Tech, has been just sort of used as a spot starter thus far. Two starts at the big league level. He's given up one home run and it's 10 in a third innings. Bonus earning a 250 off of him. You really don't have a big sample size to the positive or the negative as I believe that his first start wound up coming in a doubleheader and he wound up getting his second start because you wound up seeing one of Vince Velasquez wind up being on the injured list at the absolute last second. But you take a look at what he wound up doing at the 
AAA level a little bit earlier this season, 12 and a half strikeouts per nine innings. His walks per nine rate was right around two and a half. This is a guy that actually has relatively solid command last year. It was more around three and a half walks per nine innings, but the good swing and miss stuff was there. He does wind up giving up a little bit too much hard contact and going up against the Texas Rangers. It's an average team with regards to being able to get home runs. Marcus Simeon, now he's really been able to start to pick it up. He wound up having zero home runs through his first 40 games of the season. And take a look at the last 15. He's been able to put together six home runs. All of a sudden, he's hitting at 220. And, and that's right around where Corey Seager is. The other big acquisition for the Texas Rangers team, Adelise Garcia. He's hitting at 225. He's been able to deliver 10 home runs. So, got a lot of guys hitting right in that pocket of, I would say, a 215 to a 230. When it comes to the Texas Rangers team, Nate Lowe, he's been an exception at a 270. And then you did take a look at the Chicago White Sox. And this is a team that they just wind up having a tough time being able to hit right-handed pitching against lefties. This has been a team that has been very solid all season long, but the splits righties to lefties, that is something that you want to take note of with regards to White Sox, 281 on base against right-handed pitching, and it's been a good recent stretch here for Jose Abreu. You take a look at what he's been able to do, and this is a guy that has a 385 on base over the last 30 days, over the last 15 days, hitting a 355, so he's been able to lock it in. He's been able to do a solid job. Luis Robert, he's hitting right around 280 for this bunch, and you take a look at what you've been able to get out of Andrew Vaughn. He's been relatively solid as well, but that said, this has certainly been a relatively rough go of it for the Chicago White Sox bats, but the pitching, I think, is going to be relatively solid in this game, and when it comes to White Sox, you've got Liam Hendricks along with Kendall Graveman, a great 8th and ninth inning duo. You've been able to have quite a few of the other guys be able to pick it up after a relatively rough month of May. Jose Ruiz, I think, is going to be able to lock it in. Matt Foster has been able to give you right around a 255-ish ERA. Kyle Crick is back in the fold as well, so I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. I do think that Glenn Otto's walks are going to wind up hurting him, and I do think that Davis Martin could be able to form himself into a relatively solid pitcher. Want to making the White Sox a minus 145 favorite, so one to lay it here. Want to play my total at an 8.3 as well, so looking at an under in this spot. 2, 969, on the bang board. You've got yourself the Baltimore Orioles. They're going to be in the road. They're going to be facing off against the Kansas City Royals as you know, John Easley is going to be going for the Royals and Bruce Zimmerman with two ends on the end of Zimmerman going for Baltimore. Baltimore is finding themselves as a slight underdog in a lot of spots. You're going to be finding them in between about a minus 110 to even money. And then if you're taking a look at Kansas City, you're going to be finding them between minus 110 to a minus 103. 9.5 is your total. The over is anywhere between a minus 110 to a plus 105. Meanwhile, the under is anywhere between minus 110 to a minus 125. And I did wind up saying my total a little bit lower in this spot. I wanted making it an 8.8. So we're going to be taking a look at this total under. And with the Orioles, want to making them the very slight favorite because with John Easley, he just has not been able to put it together at the big league above line. He's backed up by the worst bullpen. The Royals, they rank in the bottom eight in terms of bullpen ERA. Josh Shamout, I do think he's going to be able to pick it up a little bit, but Dylan Coleman has been a little bit less than trustworthy this season. Joel Pyams, after a beginning of the season that was very solid and has been utilized mostly as a long guy, but a little bit up and down, but for Heasley, I mean, we talk about the walks issues of guys like Glenn Otto and company. This is a guy that's given up over six walks per nine innings. It has not been too terrific there. He's given up at least three runs in each out of his last four starts. Now, no more than three runs in any of those starts, but still, three runs given up in every one. The four bombs given up over the course of 25 and a third innings, and even when he was at the big league level last season, he did wind up having those struggles as at home for his career, north of a five ERA, and then for Bruce Zimmerman, he always has had some interesting 
home and road splits. Thus far this season, 574 road ERA, 411 home ERA, but that said, I did think that he was the victim of a little bit of bad luck. 12 home runs given up in 26 and two-thirds innings on the road. That's just something that is not going to wind up continuing, especially against a Kansas City Royals team, in which they've been able to do a better job with the bat, but this is not a team that is necessarily able to send them deep too often. You have been able to get a little bit more out of Salvador Perez. Ever since he's come off the injury list, he had the 48 home runs this season, but he's not been able to get on base too much. He, Bobby Wood Jr., Whit Merrifield, you're able to throw in there, Nicky Lopez, couple with the third baseman, Emmanuel Rivera. All these guys are hitting at 225 or lower now with Whit Merrifield over the last three days. He's been hitting more in the pocket about a 260 or so, so he's been able to pick it up in Andrew Benatendi. He's been rock solid. He's hitting at 320. MJ Melendez, Michael A. Taylor, you've got these guys in right around at 260 to a 265. And then for Baltimore, you do have a pair of guys for Bobo Mancini, Austin the Say's kid, both of these guys hitting above a 290 for the team, Ryan Mountcastle. 255 average, eight home runs. It's been an Orioles team that's had a tough time being able to supply the home runs themselves, but Rudinette Rodor, take a look at what he's been able to do over the last three days, and he certainly is not back to the Rudinette Rodor that we wound up seeing with Texas, but, I mean, he's hitting right around at 240. He's been able to supply five home runs, 17 RBI in those last three days, so that's been a little bit encouraging, and you still need more out of guys like a Ore Mateo, Robinson Chirinos, whenever he's been out there, Tyler Nevin, but it's something that you're able to rely upon. And then the bullpen of the Orioles has been very good. Dylan Tate has been able to supply a sub-3 ERA. Felix Batista is something I do like now. CNL Perez, Ode Lopez, these guys with sub-150 ERAs. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression there, but certainly has been a relatively solid core there. I'm willing to make Bruce Zimmerman the slight favorite in this spot as a result. And I do think that both of these teams just being a little bit less trustworthy with the bat, they're not going to be able to, to supply enough to be able to get an over. So looking under and looking Orioles. 971, 972 on the bank board. The Tampa Bay Race. They threw out the facing off against the Minnesota Twins as Devin Smeltzer is going to begin the start for the Twins and Drew Rasmussen. He's going to be on the bump for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is finding themselves a slight favorite in this spot as you're going to be finding them in between a minus 105 to a minus 115 with Minnesota. You're going to be finding them as a little bit of plus price in a lot of spots. Anywhere between a minus 105 to a plus 102. 8 to 8.5 is going to be the total in this spot. You're finding the 8.5 with under juice of minus 110 to a minus 115. The over is anywhere between minus 105 minus 110 on, on the 8. The over is minus 120 and the under is even and we're going to wind up making this one the DK Nation pick. I'm going to be riding with the Tampa Bay Rays. Wind up setting them as a minus 128 favorite with Devin Smeltzer. Very much a pitch to contact guy and thus far this season it has been going very well from 28 innings over the course of his five starts. He's given up just two home runs and six walks, but you got to be concerned with the fact that he gets a little bit over four strikeouts per nine innings. 13 punch outs in 28 innings. This is something that I think is going to wind up catching up to him a little bit and went up against the Tampa Bay Rays team that you take a look at the Minnesota Twins and they got white out yesterday against the DR King. He's hitting three home runs in the first inning against Garrett Cole, but the Tampa Bay Rays all of a sudden, they've been able to put a nice little run together. They're a team that they're 13 and 10 on the road and Take a look at the Tampa Bay Rays bunch and what they've been able to get out of Drew Rasmussen ever since he got promoted to the starting rotation in August of last season. He's got right around a 250 to a 260 ERA now. Has been a little bit shaky on the road. 514 road ERA. He's given up overall this season, though. An opponent's batting average of a 207. Five home runs over the course of right in the neighborhood about 55 
ish innings, so he's been able to do a solid job there. And uh, with regards to Rasmussen, two walks per nine innings, so command is there. He's backed up by a bullpen that has been absolutely lights out. Now, JP Fire Eisen, he's currently on the injured list, but you still have Jalen Beek, someone who's got a sub 250 ERA. Jason Adam has been able to rock a sub one ERA thus far this season. Matt Weisler has been able to do a good job for this bunch as well. And for the Tampa Bay race, power numbers are a little bit down this season. Mike Zanino has not been able to supply the deep ball like he wanted to be doing a season ago, but man, more Marco, he's been able to a go-go for this team. He's sitting at 313. You've got Randy Orozarena, Yandy Diaz, along G-Man Choi, only in between about a 263 to a 278. Bottom of the lineup with guys like Taylor Walls and, you know, who I'm mentioning, Brett Phillips. These guys have had a little bit of a tough go of it, but the race have been just so good with regards to their pitching. And for the Minnesota Twins, the bullpen has been dealing with a couple of injuries. Griffin Jacks wound up getting used up in a little bit of a longer role a few days ago, so he might not be able to go in this one. You've still got Ordeo Alcala on the injured list. He's going to be out for quite a while. They've been dealing with an injury to Emilio Pagan as well, and now with the Minnesota Twins, but I will say, Byron Buxton, he was clearly a little bit banged up towards the month of May. Now that June has hit, it has been absolutely tremendous. He wound up having two home runs yesterday when fully healthy. He's one of the best hitters out there in the big leagues, and he's starting to show that. Carlos Correa sitting at 290, and Luis Arias 450 on base. We've got to be talking about him a little bit more. He has been absolutely tremendous for the team. you got Trevor Larnich, along with Max Kepler, in between a 250 to a 260. Gio Rochelle, hitting more like a 280 as well, but this is a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark out there in Minnesota that should be able to help out Drew Rasmussen a little bit with regards to the deep ball. And when it comes to this Minnesota Twins team, Yohan Duran has been very good out there in the bullpen, but I trust in this Rays bullpen a little bit more than the Minnesota Twins, and I do think that Smeltzer doing for a little bit of regression. So I'm going to make the Rays the DK Nation pick here. Do I end up saying my total at 8.6 as well? I do think that this is going to be a case which the Rays are going to be able to get to Smeltzer, and I do think that the Minnesota Twins are starting to pick it up with their offense as well. So looking over, and the DK Nation pick going to be on the Rays. Money by 973-974 on the banging board. You've got the Boston Red Sox on the road facing off against the Seattle Mariners. It was looking like it was going to be Marco Gonzalez for the Mariners. Currently, this is a game that is off the board, so could wind up being Marco Gonzalez, but DBD at this point, and Rich Hill is going to be on the bump for the Red Sox, and if we do wind up getting Marco Gonzalez against Rich Hill, I'd be setting the Mariners at a minus-119 favorite, and would be making the total to where an 8 or less. I'd be taking a look at the over, and half higher, would be taking a look at the under, but obviously subject to a little bit of change in this one. With Marco Gonzalez, has been a guy that has just given up the deep ball this year. 11 home runs over the course of 57 and two-thirds innings, and take a look at his home and road splits. Darn near equal, 364 home ERA, 354 Road ERA with opponents sitting at 262 off of him overall. He's always been solid with regards to command, but it's been giving up more like three walks per nine innings. If it's a Mariners bullpen game, I would be probably making this a little bit more of a pick'em game with Rich Hill, though. He certainly has not necessarily been firing all cylinders to say the least recently. He's given up at least three runs, and now four out of his last five starts hasn't necessarily been able to line a ton of length. Last time he wanted facing off against the Seattle Mariners at home, gave up four runs over the course of two innings, and then Trevor Story bailed him out as the team wound up getting a win there. But with Hill, he's actually been better on the road than he has been at home. 245 road ERA. 804 home ERA. Makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Opponent starting just a 204 off of him with one home run when he's been on the road. And for the Boston Red Sox, this is a lineup that they've got a big three in the middle that has been absolutely prolific. As Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, J.D. Martinez, all these guys are in at least a 315 for this bunch. So that is certainly going to be able to help him out. Now, Kike Hernandez currently on the injured list for the scene, but he wasn't necessarily producing a lot to start with. 
Christian Vasquez and get 285 is a little bit of help. And you take a look at Alex Verdugo. He has been able to get very out for the team after a rough start to the season. Hitting a 328 over the last 15 days, more like a 285 in the last 30. And then for the Red Sox, big fear with the team is the bullpen. Tyler Danish has been able to give you some relatively good innings, but ever since Garrett Woodlock wanted getting pushed into the starting rotation, you've had to mix and match John Schreiber along with Austin Davis. Have probably been your most trustworthy relievers since Matt Stram. He's got an ERA that's hovering right around 375. Jake Diekman has been a little bit over the place as well. Similar ERA out of him. Erikazu Sadamoto has been relatively solid, but for the Seattle Mariners, they've seen some bullpen regression as well. Drew Seckenreiter is currently at the AAA level. Matthew Fessa has not been able to give you much of anything. He's got right around 540 ERA. Anthony Machevich has not been great. Diego Castillo, he's been having a little bit of a rough go of it as well. And with Seattle, very pitcher-friendly during the nighttime, but I still think that runs are going to be generated. If it is Gonzalez against Hill, Wanda making the Mariners minus 119, more of a pick game when it comes to the bullpen of the Seattle Mariners, if it winds up being a bullpen game for them. And if it were to be a bullpen game, eight and a half or less, I'd be looking at the over. If it is Gonzalez versus Hill, like, like it's looking to be, I'd be setting my total to where an eight or less. I'm looking at an over eight and a half prior to the under 975, 976 on the bang board. The Chicago Cubs hit the road. They're facing off against the New York Yankees. So Luis Severino is going to be going for the Yankees. And you've got Wade Miley open to have a party out there in New York for Chicago. The Cubs are finding themselves a big underdog. Anywhere between plus $2 and plus $218. With the Yankees, it's anywhere between minus $235 and minus $250. And half is your total. Over is anywhere between minus $115 to an even money price. Meanwhile, with the under, you're going to be finding that anywhere between minus $120 to a minus $105. And when it comes to the Yankees, taking a look at the run line in this spot. I want to making it to where I'd be willing to lay up to a minus $130. Right now, I'm seeing mostly minus $115s with a straight minus $120 on that run line. I am certainly willing to nibble on that. When it comes to the Chicago Cubs, the bullpen at the beginning of the year was very solid, but guys like Scott Efres, Rowan Wick, now they've got their ERAs approaching three after a good month and a half to begin the season. And for Wade Miley, I just have never had a lot of faith in this guy whatsoever ever since he wound up having that rough month with the Houston Astros. He just seems to have never necessarily recovered from it. And for Luis Severino, he's been able to do a very solid job this season for the New York Yankees. Giving up right around 1.1 home runs per nine innings, 295 ERA. You take a look at what he's been able to do at Yankee Stadium this season. 248 ERA across his six starts. And what has been impressive for him is the command. Overall, two walks per nine innings. Opponents staring at 200 off of him in Yankee Stadium. And for Wade Miley, 338 ERA. It's been relatively respectable. He's just sort of been an off-and-on guy. He's only made three starts thus far this season. This is going to be his first start in the month of June and his first start in about two or so weeks. So you have to be fearing a little bit of rust. And when he's been out there, he's been giving up four walks per nine innings. So I don't think that he's necessarily going to be able to deliver a whole boatload of length, which I do think is going to be hurting them a little bit. And you take a look at this Yankees lineup and, well, you got a problem by the name of Aaron Judge that you have to go up against. He's got 22 home runs this season. He has been able to do an absolutely amazing job for the team. John Carlos saying he's back in the fold. He's hitting above a 275 for the team. He's been able to do a good job, giving you a double-digit amount of homers. And don't look now, but Joey Gallo wound up hitting a pair of home runs yesterday. He has been awful, to say the least, this season, but he's starting to pick it up. DJ turned it up. LeMayu, along with Isaiah Canerfalefa. These guys are in between about a 260 to a 270. The catcher spot, Jose Trevino, has been able to do a solid job. He's much better than Kyle Agashioka was, so and it's been a upgrade for this team. And then you take a look at the former Cub in Anthony Rizzo, only in a 212, but right more on a 311 on base, 14 home runs. And for the Cubs, not necessarily a ton of offense when it comes to the team, as Patrick Wisdom has been able to give you 12 home runs, but he's striking out in over 40% of his at-bats. You do have guys that have been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to get on base. Wilson Contreras, 
400 on base, and then you've got Christopher Morel, Ian App, throwing their Clint Frazier and Rafael Ortega, all between about a 355 to a 373 on base. The power numbers have not necessarily been there for any of these guys, really, other than Morel, who's been able to go deep a trio of times since getting called up to the big leagues. But with that said, with the Yankees, despite the fact that they've had some bullpen injuries, Clay Holmes has been amazing for the team, and he got to the bullpen a little bit quicker than expected yesterday with Gary Cole not necessarily given the start that they desire. But I do think that Luki, Lucas Lutke is going to be able to uh, rein it in a little bit more. I do think that you're going to have Wani Peralta continuing to be solid for this team as well. So I do take a look at this spot. I do think that the Yankees should be able to win this game quite comfortably. And I think that they're going to be able to get to Wade Miley in this spot as well. So my total at an 8.9. So I'm going to be taking a look at this total over. And when it comes to the Yankees, one will have to a minus 130 on the run line. As we go to 977, 978 on the betting board, you've got the Miami Marlins in the road facing off against the Houston Astros. At Luis Garcia is going to be going for the Astros. And one Pablo Lopez is going to be on the bump for Miami. Miami is finding themselves an underdog. Anywhere between plus 130 and plus 140 with the Astros. Saying between minus 148 and minus 154. 7.5 to 8 is your total on the 7.5. Offers anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The unders anywhere between even a minus 110 on the 8. Under is between minus 115 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even a minus 105. And what I'm saying my total is 7.2. I do like the under in this spot with the way that Pablo Lopez has been able to come out and has been able to sling it all season long. Wound up having a little bit of a shaky start his last time out against the San Francisco Giants, but really other than that start, he has given up three runs or fewer in every one of his starts as far as the season, and you take a look at what Lopez has been able to do on the road, and he has been quite stellar. Overall the season, a 2.18 ERA, guy that's given up less than a home run for nine innings, but Buck 41 road ERA in his five starts with opponents taking a 200 off of him. So that's been relatively impressive. Then you take a look at Luis Garcia. Last year, he wound up having an ERA that was right around 1.7 points higher on the road than at home. This year, it's a reverse. 418 home ERA, 225 road ERA. I do think that there's going to be positive progression for him at home. He's given up four home runs in 23 and two-thirds innings in Houston, and he's got that ERA despite the fact that Bonds are in just a buck 84 off of him in Houston, and the Astros back him up with surprisingly the best bullpen ERA out there in the big leagues. Ryan Stanek has been terrific for this team. A sub-1 ERA. Rafael Montero is starting to regress a little bit. He still has a 2 ERA. Ryan Presley has been a terrific closer for this team. Brian Abreu has been able to give you some good innings as well, and then you take a look at the Houston Astros it's been a team that has been only able to hit right around 235. That's been a little bit surprising to me now. Guys are still able to get on bases as one of the best teams at not striking out being able to draw walks. Like, you take a look at Alex Bregman, for example, 220 batting average, but he's got a 340 on base. Chaz McCormick, 230 batting average, more like a 290 on base. So, these guys are still finding a way on, but you've had Yoli Gurriel only hitting right around at 220 for this bunch now. You take a look at Jeremy Pena, 275 batting average. He's been able to supply eight home runs. You've got Kyle Tucker, Jose Altuve, both of these guys between a 355 to a 365 on base. They combined 21 home runs and Jordan Alvarez, 70 bombs, 395 on base. That has been terrific. And the Miami Marlins, they just don't quite wind up having that much firepower. Now, the offense has actually been a little bit underrated, in my opinion. You've got Garrett Cooper, who has been able to hit right around a 320 for the team, Ace Sanchez. He wanted to go in deep yesterday. He's starting to find it as he had quite a few struggling bats to begin the season, like Avicio Garcia. You're able to throw in there Sanchez, Miguel Roas, Jacob Sellings, Brian De La Cruz, along with 
even Ode Solaire. All these guys hitting a 235 or lower, but Solaire, double digit amount of formers. He's been able to find a way on Jazz Chisholm. He's got right around nine home runs. He's hitting a 255. Big thing with the Miami Marlins is that bullpen has not been too terrific. They're in the bottom 10 in terms of bullpen ERA. Anthony Bass has been able to do a solid job, but Lewis had entered into the month with a sub 120 ERA. That is up to a right around a 568. Dylan Flora is someone that could be a little bit touch and go. He's got north of a four ERA as well. So this is a situation which I needed at least a plus 140 to be able to take a shot here on Miami. We have reached that plus 140 price. So here at plus 140 or greater, going to be willing to take a shot on Miami. And I think that we're going to have ourselves a good pitcher as well. Set my total at 7.2. So looking under and looking at the fishing, we wrap things up with 979, 980 on the bank board. The LA Angels are going to be playing on the New York Mets. You've got Tyler McGill, who's going to be going for the Mets, and Goodle, to be determined, is going to be on the bump for the Angels. And with the Angels, right now I've got projected as Michael Lorenzen, and if it is Lorenzen against McGill, wound up setting the Mets as a very slight favorite. I want to make in the Mets in this situation a minus 112, and if you're looking at the run line of the Mets, I would need at least a plus 150 to be able to take a shot there. But with that said, also want to make my total to wear an 8.5 or less. I'd be looking at an over and a 9 or higher to the under. I just love fading guys coming coming off the injury list. And with Tyler McGill, this is going to be his first start in nearly 30 days. Last start wound up coming on May 11th. And prior to him going on the injury list, other than that start against Washington Nationals, because he gave up eight runs and he got four outs. That was not great there. But other than that brutal start, he's been able to do a solid job, take that out of the full 243 ERA thus far this season. And someone that's been able to do a better job of being able to keep the ball in the yard last season. His big bugaboo was home runs. Thus far this season, four home runs given up in 34 and two-thirds innings. But once again, you wonder how he wise of coming off the injured list and looking it's a spot in which I would rather take him in start number two, start number three rather than start number one and I mean for the Angels, they entered into last night on a 14 game losing streak Michael Lorenzen has been starting to see a little bit of regression recently, giving up at least three runs in three out of his last five starts. He's been having a little bit of an issue with regards to command, right around 3.8-ish walks per nine innings. Not necessarily a high strikeout guy. Has been able to keep the ball in the yard, though. Four home runs given up in 53 and two-thirds innings at Los Angeles during the nighttime. It does play a little bit more pitcher-friendly. And you take a look at this Angels lineup. They're probably going to be without Mike Trout once again, but you do have Shohei Otani and Jared Walsh, pair of guys, in between a 242 of 250 with a double-digit amount of home runs and then the other guys, like Max Stassi, is Mabel Gomez. He's sitting at 250. Luis Ranadifo, he's been relatively solid. Joe Adele, I think, is going to be able to find some success as well. Juan Lagares in a very small sample size. It's actually been halfway decent. The big issue that you wind up running with the LA Angels is going to be with the bullpen because, I mean, man, Aaron Loop along with Rocio Iglesias, both of these guys rocking north of four ERAs is not necessarily too terrific. Ryan Tapera, he has not been too terrific this season. Archie Bradley, you were expecting a little bit more out of him. Jimmy Hergett is someone that you can utilize as a long guy. He's been able to give you right around a three-ish ERA. If this were Tyler McGill and he wasn't coming off the injured list, I'd be setting this more north of a minus 130 personally. And obviously, we're subject to a little bit of change here because if Mike Trout winds up starting again, instead of Michael Lorenzen, you wind up getting insert pitcher here. That's going to wind up changing the numbers. So that is something that I will throw out there. And for the Mets, this is currently the team with the best batting average out there in the league, Pete Alonso. He has 16 home runs thus far this season and actually led the big leagues in home runs on the road last season. You've got Sterling Marte, who's been able to do a very solid job of being able to reach base. You've had so many guys, like even a Brandon Nimmo, have been able to do a solid job of being able to get on it. Hey, Eduardo Escobar has been 
for the most part, one of the worst batters for the team all season long. He had a cycle earlier this week against the San Diego Padres, so it's a spot in which Wanda making the Mets minus 112 as things sit right now. Once again, subject to a little bit of change, and if it is Lorenzo versus McGill, ain't after less looking over 9 or higher to the under, and that wrap things up for the Friday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the VEASAN family of podcasts. A big thanks to John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler, for joining me in the last segment. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you hear podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tune in. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer this in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at underscore one Keep in mind, letters M. Maybe it does not matter, size per usual. Please send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire and whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Right, that five-star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, and that means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.